Put on your waders and armbands. We're going rooting in the river. It's that time of the week. That time right now when you decide I will listen to that podcast about the spooky stuff. That's this podcast on account of you listening to it right now. Paranormal Hotline. Paranormal Hotline is a weekly podcast where we discuss the strange, unknown, alien and odd. Hello, my name is Oshin and I am joined by my co-ghost Kaylee. Hello. I reminded myself when I was writing the intro for this episode about the review that someone put up for the podcast and it was flattering. But like to paraphrase kind of the funny bit of it, it was uh, imagine you've gotten onto a bus and you're sitting in front of two people who have just met each other for the first time <laughs> and they start telling each other about strange dreams that they had. <laughs> it's so, it's uh, scarily accurate. <laughs> it is. So, so dear listener, in that vein, in that light, imagine that you are on this bus. You're sitting on the bus. You're driving down to the river. The bus stops at a rural bus stop. Two people get on and sit behind you. So, Kaylee, how are you? Are you well? I'm pretty good, Ashin. I'm pretty good. My favorite thing about that bus analogy is like, do you ever get on a bus and someone starts telling you like, like someone you've never met starts telling you like the craziest thing ever and you have to yes. just be like, okay, mm. yes, that's okay. interesting. And in the back of your head, you're like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> that's this podcast. Have, have you had any strange dreams of a paranormal nature? No, thank God. No, the aliens haven't returned to my that's dreams. Good. That's good. That's <laughs> good. I mean, like, if they ever know. do, I'm, I'm packing them in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days I'm going to have big news, but I'm also probably going to be traumatized. So It'll be the final episode. Oshin gets kicked <laughs> in the hole by Bigfoot. Bring in the recording equipment into A&E. <laughs> Can we take a cast of the mold, like the footprint on your butt and use that as like Bigfoot <laughs> evidence? You know, the people make yeah. molds of the yeah. holes in the ground. <laughs> it's for research, you know? <laughs> it's for research. What is it with cryptids and like lakes or bodies of water? You get the classic case of like Nessie who lives in a lake but then you also get like non-aquatic dwellers so like not scaly or slimy kinds and they live around bodies of water so like a skunk ape or like a sasquatch they're they're in like swamps yeah well like I assume they're animals and they need to drink water as well yeah we must have to do that and also I'd say it has to do in part with you know who's we only know about these because of reported sightings and these places are natural for people to build habitats around so like humans yeah. set up on waterways yeah like, they've been for thousands of years but even like lakes and stuff like people always travel to lakes for numerous things yeah fishing canoeing that kind of thing so there's always people around bodies of water whereas like mm. if it's just dense bog people don't go there generally yeah it makes sense so and and you get a lot of great s- stories and cryptids from those areas so in this episode, I thought we could channel a quick fire cryptid creek catalog so without <laughs> further ado let's get. I was, I was going to say let's get into these lads but that doesn't make sense <laughs> I thought you were going to say let's get wet <laughs> I was going to be like Ashin no <laughs> the episode was originally called Paranormal Hotline Wet and Wild oh good <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot wet t-shirt competition let's go oh, more water <laughs> imagine uh, his fur just goes like translucent when it's wet <laughs> no uh. <laughs> like a shaved bear oh god no stop that now so without any further ado let's get into him First up is the White River Monster. <laughs> Get into what? Please don't say Bigfoot. No, it, into discussing <laughs> right, the right. selection of God. No, I can't stop thinking about it. Cryptid Creek catalog members. First up is the White River Monster. White River is a uh, 722 mile. Whoa. It flows through 
the U.S. state of Arkansas and Missouri. A section near Newport in northeastern, northeastern Arkansas is where we're interested in. The first recorded alleged sighting from Newport of a strange aquatic creature in the river dates to July 1st, 1915. Farmers saw a large creature off the banks of the White River. Encounters then continued in 1917 and into the 20s. So while Newport is kind of like the place where they see the creature, affectionately known as Whitey. Oh my God, what a name. An earlier sighting of the creature from Branson, Missouri, which is on the same river. In December 1912, while they were floating cedar rafts on the White River, timber workers saw an unusual observation. They reported the sighting of a large and strange object on the riverbed. Initially, the workers believed it to be a boulder, but they eventually concluded it resembled a giant turtle. So this isn't Whitey? Well, it is a large creature in the river. Okay, okay. Descriptions of the incident estimated the creature's weight to be approximately 300 pounds. Whoa, heavy boy. Big turtle or big something. So that's the first one. Then they see it down in Newport in 1915. In 1937, some lads were out fishing in Newport and they were having trouble catching the said fish. During this time, the mysterious creature resurfaced, was seen and then reported to Bramlett Bateman, who was a local plantation owner. Bateman confirmed the sighting and he described the creature uh, with grey skin being as as white as a car and three cars long and as having the skin of an elephant he was four or five feet wide by 12 feet long with the face of a catfish lolling on the surface of the water. What? Oh my God. Is, is there pictures of this? I feel like I need to see a picture to actually understand what that looks like. Uh, there, There is no picture from then, unfortunately. The face of a catfish? What? I pictured this you like know, a turtle, like, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's <laughs> I like the way a noise conveys it. <laughs> Um, I knew exactly what face you were doing. (laughs) That summer in 1937, more than 100 sightings of the creature was reported because the place kind of got a bit creature obsessed. According to a report made by a woman from Little Rock dating to 1924 when she she was recounting being on a vacation with her family, the creature surfaced thrashed it around for about five minutes it made a loud blowing noise but it never showed its head or tail the creature was described as having a dingy grey hide so in 1937 then the locals wanted to build a net so they could sweep the river and catch the monster but they had to stop because they ran out of money and material oh my god they're going to catch the creature and everything else in the river and just destroy the ecosystem looking for this monster so uh, fortunately that didn't happen but um, Bateman he wanted to use TNT and destroy the monster because that's better. That's better than better than a. That's better that's than a net. Better than a net. How uh, is TNT cheaper than a net? <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, see, he was he was uh, one of them rich people. All right, so he just had like TNT lying around. <laughs> so might as well uh, use this to he could blow buy it. <laughs> an elephant creature in the river. He owned a plantation. I'm not counting him as a good person. No, no. So the Arkansas Game and Fish authorities had to step in to prevent him from using explosives on the river. Jesus, that's like something out of The Simpsons, man. Yeah. <laughs> so a load of people were showing up like to search for the monster and like be monster hunters. And one monster hunter, he had brought a machine gun with him. Because <laughs> like he is intending to like essentially spray and pray the monster away. Like what was he going to do? Like if he saw it, he was just going to open fire at it? Yeah, yeah. Just like strafe the river. Oh my God. <laughs> Newport City Council hired a diver to dive and search for the monster in kind of where they thought it was living. They're just feeding uh, a diver to this monster at that stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, a diver, an engineer. His name was Brown. Did they give um, the diver an assault rifle? No. he. Be- the reports were that Brown believed he would not find anything, but he carried an eight-foot harpoon on the dive just in case. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> just in case. Um, the Chamber of Commerce, they, like, set up a fence 
and they charge people 25 cent a head to watch him dive. <laughs> I mean, I'd pay it. 25 cents worth yeah. it. Although that was probably a lot of money back then. 500 or so people were disappointed when the dives came to naught. Aww. So then things fell silent after 1937 until in 1971 where someone made a report of encountering a grey entity adorned with a horn coming from its forehead. My God, it's grown a horn now. Yeah, I don't know. It's evolving. Did- it, it's seen all the people with the weapons and was like, I need a weapon and just sprouted yeah, a, a second horn. Evolution. <laughs> yeah. A David Jenks reported seeing a large creature in the river that he described as grey and long with a pointy bone protruding from its head. Additional witnesses uh, said it, the creature had a 20-foot elongated spiny dorsal. Oh. The same year, the monster was phot- photographed by a man by the name of Cloyce Warren of the White River Lumber Company. Ooh. I'll send you this picture now. Yes, uh, I love photographs. I'm warning you now, this, this, don't get your hopes up. It's, uh, <laughs> you can't tell me that. She's blurry. She's blurry. They all are. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. What is that? It's a something, and it might be like a long spiny thing out the back or like yeah. something just breaking the water I mean it kind of looks like a um, you know a crocodile will be just under the surface and you can see mm. the kind of ridges coming up that's kind of what yeah. it looks like but like really long yes. and there's something on the end that looks like a head with a horn but it's hard to make it out because it's a black and white grainy photo there could also be yes. a UFO in the sky <laughs> so then later on they found like a trail of prints they had three toes and they're like 14 inches long in the white river area trees were broken and like plants were bro- uh, crushed it was like ah. evidence that something large had gone by they were considered evidence that something large had passed by and the, the tracks were assumed to be whiteies Ooh. so then after this in 1973 senate resolution 23 was passed by the arkansas general assembly sponsored by senator bob harvey uh, and that what that did was it created the white river monster refuge along the White River. Uh, so this is a section from between the southern point on the river known as Old Grand Glaze and the northern point on the river known as Rosie. And within that area, it's illegal to harm the monster. Oh my God, what? But it's legal in the other areas? <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure, yeah, you could just blast them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I feel like if it's going to be protected, it should just be protected. <laughs> yeah. Just this one area. So then the common cryptozoological explanation is that the creature is a descendant of Cephactinus, which is an ancient predatory fish. They would have been about 15 to 20 feet long. Oh and my they God. would have kind of looked like a fanged tarpon. According to Diana Roller, it's unlikely that such a creature could survive in the fresh water of the river instead of the salt water of the ocean where it used to roam. And also it's, it, it's extinct, so it would have to be a descendant or something like that. So you'd probably see other examples of it. More reasonable explanations for it um, or sceptical explanations for whitey would be like a supersized version of a local animal like a catfish like it was described a snapping turtle uh, or alligator yeah because catfish can get pretty pretty big yeah, as well they can it's like what if it's uh, just like a, a trapped non-native uh, creature so like then you could have potentially like uh, a manatee or elephant seal yeah I like this I love these kind of uh, fishing uh, mm. monsters <laughs> I-, I knew you would yeah. Um, oh, you love this. So it's like I was looking through the Wikipedia page and it has this great bit where just like at the start of like the history section, it says some believe the White River monster may have affected the Civil War. What? <laughs> what? The river. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The river were used for transportation and the monster was supposedly responsible for overturning a boat. No way. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> 
Who's that's it, the was White it, River whose, whose boat was it overturning though? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I presume it was a Confederate boat because that would have been like a Confederate area. A good monster, finally. Yeah, no, that's what I'm banking on. Like you know, I don't know. If you know out there, let me know. So, a quick one here now. Lake Thunderbird is a reservoir located in Norman, Oklahoma, rumored to be inhabited by da 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 the Oklahoma octopus. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, this is a quick one. The story the story is, due to an increase in reports of drowning in recent years, Tale of the Oklahoma Octopus have increased. That um, just, it just sounds like a good band name. The yeah, Oklahoma no, Octopus. And in my personal opinion, Oklahoma Octopus, the best thing it has going for it is the alliteration. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like a Marvel villain. If it was a creature, anything other than an octopus, I would be more on board but because they've said it's an octopus, like it kind of goes out the window for me because there is no freshwater octopus. Yeah, there's no. They're yeah. all saltwater, right? Um, and then also, like this, this is a reservoir. It was made. It's man-made lake uh, or human-made lake. Uh, it's not connected to anything. There's no inlets. Oh um, right. It was constructed between 1962 and 1965, so it's 58 years old. Now it's not anything's previous um, habitat. Uh, it's not connected to anything. So it's like, I don't think any large creature could be in there. Yeah. Like that. Um, also, it's freshwater and all known octopuses are saltwater. I, I just don't think is this is Is it just real. because people drowned? Was there any sightings of it? Yeah. It's like, I don't think this, it's just, no no one has seen it. There's no no oh. evidence of it whatsoever. Um, <laughs> okay. Folks just be drowning. <laughs> that could be anything. Yeah. I do love that though. The name. <laughs> I just love is there like someone drowns. Octopus. Octopus nasty way to go I wouldn't like to be you know because they'd be munching you with their little oh yeah with the giant beak Ugh, yeah they'd be wrapping Ugh. around your legs and then just eating you I just love that people ran with that though you know like one person <laughs> was like I don't know maybe it was an octopus and everyone was like yeah there's an octopus yeah <laughs> I was really hoping you'd say like some people were found with like sucker marks on them or no, something no no people like a just, whale. just drown don't think it's an actual cryptid I think folks are just drowning this Grim. is meant to be my segue into, into the ad read. Jesus, you're just you, you make people miserable before the ad read every time. If you're enjoying the podcast, think about helping us out by checking our Patreon. We're an independent podcast, so we don't get funding from anywhere else, and ads don't really cut it. So if you enjoy listening to us, just consider supporting us. The next one is the big muddy monster. Yay! Now I sent you on a file. Illinois, they have like on their website, official website, they have like all of the police report just there for you to download oh um, cool it's in depth all these written accounts so it's it's seriously worth a deep dive maybe the first recorded sighting of the Big Muddy monster took place on June 25th 1973 Big Muddy is the name of the river by the way oh right okay it's not so it's a description not... of the monster damn I was picturing like you know the guy from Scooby Doo the like, yeah, mud I mean, monster it could be it, it, <laughs> a Riverside Park in Murfreesboro a pair of park visitors found themselves parked in their car when a piercing scream echoed from the nearby woods, their attention was drawn to the, a towering figure standing about seven feet in height. The creature was characterized by light-hued hair clumped with mud. The creature walked on two legs, advancing in the direction of their vehicle. Law enforcement initiated a search of the area employing flashlights and came to impressions left in the mud, measuring roughly three to four inches in depth, ten to twelve inches in length, and spanning three inches in width. During the search, officers were star uh, startled by yet another resonating scream from the depths in the woods. On the subsequent night, two teenagers sitting on a porch shared their account of a tall, white-haired, hairy entity located in a field at the edge of the forest. In an effort, aided by police dogs, law enforcement officers trailed the mysterious figure, uh, following 
an identifiable unpleasant odour and a slimy residue present on the branches of the trees. The police dogs successfully followed the trail of the monster, ultimately leading the officers to an abandoned barn. The big money monster is covered with fur that's a dirty brownish colour and is always covered and matted with mud and pieces of plants and leaves. The creature's eyes appear to glow a pinkish red colour in the night. So, like I was saying, you can download all these reports and like witness statements from uh, the police file on the site. I thought it was like too good to be true. I thought it was like an ARG or something. As far as I can tell, I think they're like as legit as reports like that are. Yeah. Uh, and, it, it, you know, worth a deep dive. Um, That's really cool. Another similar Bigfoot type sighting occurred around Louisiana, Missouri, and that's the Missouri monster, or Momo the monster. Momo! These sightings, Momo, was in 1971 and 1972, so before this one. I think the name Momo comes because, like, the Missouri area code is MO, and so, like, shortened monster, so it's Momo. So the most well-known sighting took place on July 11th, 1972. Two boys were playing in the rear yard of a house situated uh, on the rural fringes of Louisiana. Uh, While they were playing, their elder sister Doris was situated in the kitchen when all of a sudden the shrill sounds of her brother's cries reached her ears. Rushing to the window to see the cause of the distress, she found herself confronted with an immense, dark-haired, humanoid figure clutching what appeared to be a dead dog in its grasp. What? No! Doris reported the monster as having a head resembling that of a pumpkin with large, luminous orange eyes. So then, after the children kind of reported their first sighting of Momo. More people started reporting seeing the beast around in the next weeks. The reports said that it was seen up and down the Mississippi River and then later on sightings occurred further west in and along connecting waterways. So like other people reported that they saw stuff in the woods and then others said that they smelled something, something that smelled beastly or that they heard uh, when they they could hear it and its cries and growls were similar to a bear's and the screams did not sound human. A witness, uh, Richard Allen Murray, he reported that when he was driving along a small creek that runs through the middle of the town, he saw something moving in the woods. When the headlights shone on the upright figure, the creature quickly ran away. He later said, I was amazed to see something. I thought it was a bunch of nonsense, but then I saw something. So then uh, the news picked up the story, um, and then people started showing up, uh, curiosity seekers and monster hunters alike from all over the country. At one point, a 20-person posse was put together to kill the beast, but the creature was never found. <laughs> yeah, no wonder, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to be found either by a posse of hunters. <laughs> so, the tracks were taken and submitted to Lawrence Curtis, who is director of the Oklahoma City Zoo, and he said that the tracks were that of an unknown primate species. Ooh, Interesting. All the roads lead back to Bigfoot, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a Bigfoot. Yeah, it does sound like a Bigfoot. His feet are big. And his head is also big. Maybe yeah. he just had like a different hairstyle or something. <laughs> Maybe. Just more muddy. Um, <laughs> after, after 1972, uh, sightings died down. I was looking through a list on Atlas Obscura, which uh, is a great website. I use it when I'm going off on holidays to find weird places to go. <laughs> but uh, it had like a list of... <laughs> A re- extremely specific local cryptid, cryptids. Um, that's where a bunch of the ones on this list actually came from initially. But um, where I found the big muddy monster, I, uh, it was submitted by a user by the name of Flash Gord, and uh, it said Murfreesboro, Illinois, near Southern Illinois uh, U- University, Carbondale, has repeated sightings and smellings of the big muddy monster. Many believe it to be related to, if not the same as. The Creve Coeur monster sighted near the St. Louis suburb. Is it St. Louis or St. Louis? I have no idea. <laughs> it could be I think either. it's St. Louis. Sighted near the St. Louis suburb. 
This is an animal often likened to the Sasquatch in size and appearance, but with a distinct skunky smell. Ooh. Now, we, we, we know well who that is, or what yeah, kind of do. thing that is. <laughs> uh, skunk ape, we've covered it before. Um, but those we who spend believe... way too long talking about what the skunk ape smells like. I know, yeah. <laughs> he goes on anyway. Those who believe the two cryptids are the same surmise that the animal swam down the big muddy river in Murfreesboro to the Mississippi, Mississippi River and thence north to the Missouri River where it swam to a bend in the river near Creve Coeur. Now, I couldn't find a Creve Coeur monster really online. I tried hard and all I got was the hollow road, the coal hollow road monster or the Cohomo. As in a news article, I saw it being reported, it was that it was reported to the Creve Coeur police. On Tuesday, July 25th, 1972, Creve Coeur authorities reported that, uh, that, that a witness saw something big swimming in the Illinois River. The following easing, Evening, the Tazewell County Sheriff's Department received a call from a Eureka man who said he and his family were having a birthday party in Fond du Lac Park. The witness said that he and his party saw strange lights come in a vertical position and go down behind some trees. The light allegedly left a vapour or smoke trail. So then I can't find anything else referring to those strange lights. But that same night, more than 200 phone calls about monster sightings jammed the switchboard at the East Poria Police Department. On July 28th, a rural uh, Peckin woman reported that she saw Cohomo while picking berries uh, by an old coal mine. The woman told Tazewell County Sheriff's Office that she was so scared she ran off leaving her purse behind. That same night, East Peoria Peoria Police said two reliable citizens claimed they saw Cohomo. It was described as 10 feet tall. The creature's face had long grey U-shaped ears and a red mouth with sharp teeth. The reliable citizen said that the creature possessed thumbs with long, sec- uh, long second joints and looked like a cross between an ape and a caveman. Newspaper articles of the time suggest that Cohomo had a horrible smell, sometimes compared to that of a wet dog, rotten eggs, or a sulfur-like. The Cohomo craze swept over the Tazewell County. Jesus, mm. what? <laughs> yes. The description sounds like something from the Looney Tunes, like... <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. That's insane. Like no, I really... Yeah, it really does sound like the skunk ape, though. Especially the description of the mm-hmm. smell. Like, that's identical to the skunk ape. What do you make of, like, the lights in the sky? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. Because, <laughs> like, for ages, there's been this theory that Bigfoot is, like, interdimensional alien being or whatever. And I was always like, nah, Bigfoot's flesh and bone, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> with all this stuff coming out recently, I just don't know anymore. <laughs> I just don't know. He could be interdimensional because... That could genuinely be a thing. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they don't have smell in their dimension. Maybe not. One of the first Illinois reports came from Randy Emmert, who was then 18, of Peoria, who claimed that he spotted some sort of hairy creature in the woods near Cole Hollow Road in Tazewell County. And he that he didn't report the monster at first because he feared people would think that he was crazy. Classic. Then in 1991, however... Um, a Peoria, the Peoria Star Journal received a phone call from him or someone saying that it was him anyway uh, said that he made the whole thing up um, he told the newspaper that him and his friends made up the story to scare another friend who was working late at a gas station hmm <laughs> whatever that is <laughs> yeah it, still like there's hundreds of sightings and I don't know um, here's the thing though Katie right right those last three accounts all the rivers connect big Ooh. muddy river the big muddy river at Murfreesboro that joins up the Mississippi River. Uh, St. Louis and Creve Coeur, they're on the Mississippi River. East Peoria and, Coho- and the Cahoma Monster, they are on the Illinois River, which goes south and joins up with the Mississippi. Ooh. Are all these three creatures maybe the same? They could They could be the same, or we could have a monster, monster, what is it called? 
monster brawl. <laughs> yeah. They could all meet oh up goodness. and have a big fight. The monster. That's even better, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this is the hunting party they didn't know they needed. They need the <laughs> the Bigfoots to hunt down the river monsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can we call it Monster Mash? No, I feel like that's I more of a party monster thing, right? Copyright. Yeah, it, definitely. They're getting along at a Monster Mash. I mean, I think... Let me just double check if the White River connects up, because like, I'm all here for the this the smackdown like i wouldn't be shocked because the, the mississippi river is massive like it's huge um, oh the 722 mile long white river flowing through northern arkansas and southern missouri is a major tributary of the mississippi river of course it is of course it is of course it is <laughs> it's it's all kicking off now monster mash i mean monster bash <laughs> yeah the monster bash that's it um so lastly how could i forget old ned <laughs> who's ned ned simpson oh it's old old ned so in Canada, there's New Brunswick, which is a province out on the east. It's like the little bit barely holding on to Nova Scotia, which is off again into the, the sea. Um, it has a similar latitude to Loch Ness. Ooh. It also has a cryptid. Ooh. So the, early, the earliest, the earliest re- reference is a native story. And essentially the story goes that two Maliseet natives were canoeing uh, on... I've completely left out the name of the lake. It's, it's called... <laughs> called Lake Utopia. Not as big as Loch Ness, not as deep, but it has maybe also a cryptid. So the earliest reference is a native story. And that story goes that two Maliseet natives, they're canoeing on the lake when suddenly monster appears and chases them from one end to the other. Then Europeans show up in the late 18th century. The story continues with new sightings being added roughly every three to, uh, three to five years. So then in 1972, a Canadian, uh, there was an article in Canadian Illustrated News and it provided a diagram of what some witnesses were saying they were seeing, which I'm sending to you now. Oh, whoa. What the hell? It has feet. It has little feet. Look at them. Yeah. So, so she sent me a like picture a... of what looks like a, looks like a shark or something by the mouth. It's like a huge basking shark. It's like a huge fish, and then it just has these dog paws on its, like, hind dog legs. <laughs> What's it going to do with those? It's not going to um, be able to walk on them. No, no, probably not. Um, so, that was kind of, the first documented account appears in 1967. In 1968, many believed that the Lake Utopia monster was killed. Um, Harper's Weekly, which is what that diagram comes from, I believe, ran... An article that a mysterious sea serpent had been killed in Passamaquoddy Bay, uh, and that it had a dorsal fin and a flat tail like a shark. It's ginormous. Like I can't get over how big it is. Yeah. Um, however, Norma Stewart, cryptozoologist, claims that the last sighting of the Lake Utopia monster reported to her was in 2000, and the last sighting of the creature that was reported to the newspapers was in 1996. Um, so her uh, her theory, her belief is that the creature goes back and forth between Lake Utopia and the Atlantic Ocean every three to five years for maybe a breeding or a feeding cycle. Oh my god. She also says that the creature loves to bask and is never vicious either. Oh, that's cute. Why does it have Love the feet Ned. though? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. His name is Ned? So, yeah, old Ned. That's Why what people know him Ned? as. Why is his name Ned? I don't know. It's a silly name. I like him. I'm old Ned. It's just old Ned. Don't mind him, he won't eat you. There's sightings uh, over the last century and a half. 1867, sawmill workers on the north shore of the lake say they saw something 30 feet long and 10 feet wide thrashing in the lake. Similar reports were made in the following days. In 1868, a St. Cro- uh, Croix Courier reporter said that he and other witnesses saw the monster. In 1872, a Dominion Gazette article on the monster said dwellers of the lake, without exception, 
believe that a huge fish or serpent has a home upon you uh, has a home in utopia and they've seen it basking in a pine log uh, seen a basking like a pine log on the surface of the water 1872 natives describe a fearful monster with a large head following their canoes snapping its bloody jaws my god what we were talking about earlier yeah Uh, also in 1872 um canadian illustrated news reports on a hunting party setting out to catch the monster which they didn't do um that must have been so much fun though imagine like yeah. being in eight, what, 1870s <laughs> yeah and you're like let's all go hunt this monster like you <laughs> there's nothing else a- to do and you're going hunting a monster it must have been so much fun what kind of sandwich do you pack for a monster hunting expedition oh i don't know what would, what would you bring i'd have to bring a can of monster anyway definitely <laughs> Fish- fisherman's friends yeah uh some monster claws crisps um <laughs> a mars bar maybe <laughs> <laughs> I've sent you there uh, a picture which I think Good went out God. with the Canadian Illustrated News. But I thought That's it was a basking net. shark. It's got teeth. Uh, there was two different, like multiple different articles at this point. That was only one account. They thought he was dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, the lake looks beautiful. <laughs> Monster looks terrifying. <laughs> um, uh, in 1891... William Francis, William Francis Ganong, the famous naturalist, records in his notebook a description of the monster provided by a lumberman who said he saw it 20 years prior. It was in, it was dark red in colour. The part showing above the water was 20 feet long, about, and as big as a small hogshead. It was very much like a large eel. Right. That's a totally different description. <laughs> yes. There's two monsters in this lake. <laughs> yes, I think that's why, you know, they say there's a a lake monster and not a thing that is very similar to a large shark yeah in 1969 then so a big jump the St. John Evening Time Globe reports what a mouthful for like a name of a, of a newspaper yeah. <laughs> they reports uh, they reported on an interview with Mrs. Fred McKillop of St. George who said that she saw a huge creature 18 years earlier it looked like a large black rock it moved up and down on the lake boiling and churning the water making great waves She's quoted as a saying. In 1982, Sherman Hatch said that he and his family members saw a large creature that looked like a submarine with spray coming from both sides and a hump out of the water about 10 feet long. It was huge. Huge, he said. Maybe there is an explanation, but I cannot understand what it was. In 1996, then, there are widespread reports that Roger and Lois Wilcox, who were canoeing on the lake when they saw ripples break the mirror-like surface 100 metres from them, It was heading towards Cannonball Island, a common monster sighting spot. Wilcox, a retired military airman from St. George, describes it as 40 to 50 feet long, undulating upwards, not sideways. What? He says... Like it was jumping out of the water? Like, up the way? Like, you know, they'd be wiggling to get in the sea. So instead of going side to side, they're going up and down. Oh my God. I think think eels don't. Eels go side to side. I have no idea. I assumed everything went side to side. (laughs) Well, anyway, he's going up and down... Uh, he said he saw a hump come five feet out of the water uh, which makes sense if he's going undulating upwards and not sideways yeah uh, he was questioned if uh, if it was porpoise eel or otter but simply put said I don't know what it was that was the last sort of recorded entry that I could find a lot of lot of sightings of this creature but yes. a lot of very different descriptions <laughs> yes now, that was um, that Norma Stewart she compiled that list I'm pretty sure there's a lot of like really old sightings as well. Yeah, um, that's old Ned. I love him. I love him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so cool. So Kaylee, um, I'm picturing what? like a fish with a mustache though. Every mm-hmm. time you say Ned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey diddly ho. 
Diddly ho. What's your favorite, and why is there so many skunk or stink apes? I don't do you think, know. Actually, do you think? Do you think it's just a thing that goes with being like a bigfoot that you just you eventually just get smelly? You just like, get from smelly all the with hair age. and everything stuck in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand getting smelly, but smelling like sulfur—I don't think that know, happens yeah, yeah. naturally. <laughs> uh, he has a, a diet of eggs. Only just egg shells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that'd be pretty nasty. Uh, I do love the skunk ape. I love Ned though. Ned is great. Ned, I want to see yeah. Ned more than anything out of this list. Yeah, he's the, the only one that doesn't ones. connect yeah. to the rest of them either. Yeah, he's in Canada. He's a little friendly Canadian cryptid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all very cool. I love like monster, sea monster, lake monsters. All great. Mm-hmm. That's all we have time for this week. If you like the podcast, suggest us to your friends and family, and we'd appreciate that. If you have any personal ghost stories or cryptid encounters that you'd like us to read on the podcast, send them in to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any stories that you'd like us to cover, send us an email or shoot us a message on any of our social media and we'll get back to you on it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.